It's time for the End of Conversation Podcast With funny man Damian Lemon And the voice of your choice Ali Muhammad Yes, this is Damian Lemon This is Ali Muhammad And this is In the Conversation The Podcast We are back Back for another week, Black History Year. It still is going strong. 2021. Oh, man. In the place to be. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the crib. In your ears. Shelling, man. I was um, I was just laughing at a lot of... Uh, I was watching a little collection of Kwame Brown rants. Clips of mm. Kwame Brown. Mm-hmm. former Wizards player on these mm-hmm. rants going in on other players, you know. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was, it was um, what's the word? I just had the word, but it was like, I can't even think of the word, but it was just something that I would have never guessed that Kwame mm. Brown rants are so entertaining. <laughs> I would have never that could have never that would have never ever been a guess of mine it was just a wild realization like oh this cat is hilarious his rants got like the pimp C spice level wow like, oh yeah I missed, I missed this where is this yeah. uh, rabbit hole this all on the internet this all on the twitters that's where mm. I kind of came across it I said wait a minute cause I seen I seen somebody talking about him I put his name in the little you know the search box, and then quite a few videos came out, and oh man, <laughs> spicy sauce! It is crazy. Yeah, he's funny. He's funny. wow. Like he pimp C level in the way that he's hostile, but with saying shit that it kind of give you a complex. Like mm. you know what I mean? Like an aggressive psychoanalyzation of his mm. opponent. You know, right. <laughs> I was like, like oh, with like a- Nas's ether. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of that, a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a, with a, with a, with definitely a, a country twang. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, <laughs> it's definitely his delivery is hilarious. So yeah, he's he's one of them. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of basketball, I do, I also came across a photo of Mayor De Blasio mm-hmm. in a full Brooklyn Nets regalia, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I just. It just, it was just goes to show that De Blasio is like that mayor that don't know how to read the room, you know right. what I mean? Like we are in full Knicks pandemonium, you know what I mean? Like this is this is a Knicks moment right now. People are very excited to see the Knicks go to the playoffs and all of this other shit because you know it's been a long, long, long Sam Cooke time coming, mm-hmm. and uh, they they looking successful, and De Blasio over here. With the super team gear on, it just looked, it just looked like more evidence that De Blasio's always kind of been out of touch, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it is time, obviously, it's very timely because it's time to get a new mayor anyway. Right? Uh, who that's going to be, I don't know. I don't really. I mean, outside of Yang, and I really have no true knowledge of any of these candidates. I got, I, I got some stuff. A clip that I'm gonna read about because I really, I really got no no horse in the race at this point. But uh, I said all of that shit. I jumped into two things, but that was just me, man. How are you doing, brother? Well, How's everything going? I wanted to comment on you. Yo, go ahead. 
Yeah, go ahead. I mean, you know, DeBazio lives in Brooklyn. He's from Brooklyn. So maybe he was just representing home. I don't know what the event was or the occasion. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he, he might have just been representing the home team from his side of the borough. Maybe he had an event in the borough that day. Yeah, but, maybe. You know. Benefit of the yeah. doubt. Yeah, but it could always be out of touch. All these candidates are out of touch. Just like, you know, the whole thing last week when they were the, the mayoral candidates were asked do they know how much the median value of homes are in Brooklyn? Real quick, before you go any further, did you know, as somebody that owns a home in Brooklyn, did you know, because when I saw this number, I was blown the fuck away, and I almost called you just because mm-hmm. you're, the Bro- you're the Brooklyn homeowner expert that I know. So did you know that? Me? Did you know it? And, uh, yeah, go go on from there. Did I, did I know the median number? I, could, I wouldn't have been able to say it definitively like I did some type of study, but I know for a goddamn fact, as a homeowner, you know, the values rise. And, you know, if you're not selling your house or trying to refinance, none of that really matters to you until you start thinking about selling your house. And then your first question is, well, if I sell this house, where am I going to go? Right. And then you start looking shit up. You be like, God damn. Even if I sell this motherfucker, I can't buy shit around here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got to leave the scene. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You got to d- disperse right. this month. You know what I'm saying? So I knew that shit was high. Right. I, I knew I wasn't going to be as far off as the motherfuckers who were far off. Motherfucker yeah. said, it's Brooklyn. It couldn't be you know, more than 80, 100,000. I'm like, nigga. You can't. <laughs> you, you will be homeless trying to buy something for a hundred thousand dollars in Brooklyn. Oh, Period. You done. It's, it's no such thing. Somebody yeah. looked it up, and the only thing they could find was like a parking space. That crazy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So way off. I knew it was close to a million. I know that. Right. But when you get into medians, you had to kind of look at all the neighborhoods. But I know, mm-hmm. shit. That shit wasn't no hundred thousand. You can't buy no house in Atlanta for a hundred thousand. That crazy. You might get a, you know, a bando in in, in you know Vine City or somewhere. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. Or way, 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 way out. Mm-hmm. Damn. That that shit don't exist. You can't get that shit in no country town. Hundred thousand dollars. That's that the old like, days. Yeah. 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 Eight hundred grand is the median. They say. I thought wow. he said 900. Might have yeah. been nine. I thought I saw 800. I think, yeah, I think yeah. it was 900. Mm. Yang, actually, Yang chose it, who always out of touch too, but I guess he was on the right. money on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was closest. Yeah, he was the closest. He probably so, was yeah. looking for a house. He know. Like, shit, I'm right. trying to buy a house right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Funny that you asked that question. I just left the realtor 15 minutes ago. I can tell you exactly. That's like how they ask you, uh, you know, what's the cost of a, a gallon of milk, you know, or the price of milk in your area? You know, mm-hmm. that's the, that's how they tell if you're still of the people. <laughs> or if you got, or, yeah, that's what they do. That's one of those those indicators or that you have somebody shopping for you. You don't even know what the, <laughs> the cost of milk is. You could be lactose intolerant, but you're going to look out of touch. Yeah, man. Mm. <laughs> wow. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, <sighs> so I'm just out here, man, chilling, re, you know, grinding this business back to to its respectable place in the in the circle of life. Um, um, shit, uh, my 
I got my son home, like I talked about with his dog, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so Apollo, just, right? Apollo. He just God. my son just turned twenty one, like we talked about last week. And so this particular week, I had to leave to go back to Atlanta, but he was leaving to go on his own trip. You know what I'm saying? He was doing his first long distance trip. I mean, he did a couple of road college road trips, but this right. is his first buy a plane ticket, fly across the country mm-hmm. on your own, relatively on your own dime with your girl and your homies. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And celebrate your 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 newfound grownness. So he go, he he bought a ticket to LA. He decided he was gonna go to LA to enjoy. And I'm like, wow, that's that's interesting. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's like, first of all, how are you paying for this shit? But Okay, you got it. You know what I'm saying? You made it happen. You got you a ticket. You got an Airbnb. Y'all figuring mm-hmm. out how y'all going to move around. Y'all got a little itinerary that you're working up. Right. So I'm like, damn. And I didn't think about it until he was he was headed to the airport. And then it clicked in my mind that shit, his first real, his first long trip was to L.A. When we took him to L.A. when he was like four years old. Uh-huh. So I was like, wow, that's symbolic. And then the more I thought about it, it just started to click in even more. Like on that particular trip, that was uh we was out there for Vibe Awards. Um, and on that particular trip, my lawyer, he was out there visiting his son. And his son was right around 21, 22 years old, too. I mean, he was 22 years old at that time. Right. My son was four. Mm-hmm. So he was like, yo, let's meet up. I, I want him to talk to you because, you know what I'm saying, I'm worried about him. I don't, you know, he, he's doing this, he's doing that, you know what I'm saying, smoking weed. I, I don't know what the fuck he got going on. His life, he need to pull it together. Parent talk, you know what I'm saying? Black father shit where you just concerned. Nigga, don't, you don't look like you got it together. You know what I'm saying? It's right. a long life. You need to get your shit together. So that's what your mind be saying. So, you know, we went... You know what I'm saying? I brought my fam. His son came through. We all chopped it up. It was good. You know what I mean? You know, it wasn't nothing heavy. It wasn't nothing heavy-handed that I could say to a nigga. Because, shit, I call that era the pre-life crisis era. You know, all black men go through something when you're trying to figure out which way to go in this world. So, after that meeting, you know what I'm saying? I just remember my son getting in the truck, and he was, like, waving to people like he was some type of celebrity. He was just connecting. He was bonding with the city. He was, you know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, he actually actually enjoying this place, and we not really doing no kid shit. You know what I'm saying? He alone for the grown folk ride. Right. So, um, you know, so my son, you know what I'm saying? I be having them same concerns about him at 21. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, damn, you need to get your shit together, man. You know, blah, blah, blah. shit, who I, who I need to put him with so he can... You know what I mean? So I'm having those same thoughts as my lawyer was having. And then so I typed him out a note as he was about to get on the plane, you know, outlining that trip. And that's and how that was his first trip. And it's very symbolic that mm-hmm. he's taking his own grown folks trip to the same place. And this meeting with my lawyer, whose son was around the same age you are right now and going through some of the similar things that you're going through right now. And then um, but I was like, you know. The, the thing about that is, is that son actually turned out to be, you know what I'm saying, super successful at what he does. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't, I'm, I'm not going to say his name, but you know what I'm saying? He's somebody that people know. He's, he's done shit. You know what I'm saying? And, okay. um, 
So I, I just, I said, gave him his name and told him to Google him. And it was like, you know what I'm saying? Like my lawyer ended up dying. So I'm not sure if he was able to see his son actually succeed. So it was kind of like, you know, he might not have been there to see him succeed, but while he was here, he never gave up on him. You know what I'm saying? Just like, I'm not going to give up on you. So that oh. was like a, it was like a great little, you know what I'm saying? Wow, it was tender. Go yeah, ahead, keep yeah, going, bro. You, you know, no, I'm just saying it was like one of those moments where it's like, oh shit, you know what I'm saying? I've seen this before. I was there. You were there, actually. You know what I'm saying? We were all there. And right. you know what I'm saying? If you go look at that kid who was 22, going through what he was going through, he he turned out he turned out great. You know what I'm saying? He he he. You know what I'm saying? He made it. So I was just letting him know. Don't get down on yourself. Cause shit, you got life to go, man. Man, that was beautiful, man. That's Black Fathers right there. That's where that, that's where the music come in. That shit was that was the finale of Black Fathers. <laughs> Niggas is at home Season crying. Finale. Hell yeah. Niggas is at home crying right now. Like, good oh, luck. I ain't never gave up on you. Nah, that is that is what you need. Especially, <laughs> nah, that's that is real. That was well timed. You know, just the mm-hmm. synchronicity of everything, but even the delivery of it. Like, you know, you sit with that and hopefully, you know, it hit him before he departed so that he could mm-hmm. kind of sit with that thought while right. he had that air for about air. six hours. Yeah, yeah. man. That's, and then, and that's you how know, it worked, too. Yeah, man. Now, nah, that's, that's. That's a, that was a, that was dope. That was beautiful, man. Yeah, oh yeah, man. Season ratings came in. Black Fathers gets picked up for two extra seasons. Shit. This shit is a hit. This is the new This Is Us. Oh, shit. Wow, oh, man. Shit. Nah, that's what's up, man. That's dope. That was, oh, shit. That was nah, dope. that was, that was uh, you know, it was a good week in Black Fatherhood. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, that was it was challenging, but you know what I'm saying? It could have been one of the moments like I don't even know why the fuck you keep it going out there. You know what I'm saying? Right. But it's like, nah, going on. And then all of that clicked in when I woke up that morning. It was like, damn, this is a whole full circle moment. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm saying? And shit, that was it, man. You know. Yeah, that's good, man. Good you remembered that too. You know. Yeah, it was. I mean, cause my that that lawyer was very important to me, man. He was good. He he set me up real good. He did shit. He was like more like a mentor type of lawyer. I couldn't afford his firm. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. He just was. He was just like, you know what? I like what you're doing. Shit. You know what I'm saying? I I, I do a whole lot of big shit with a whole lot of big people. That's it. Ain't always fun because it's just routine. But you know, to be able to put somebody in position or set meetings up or put you with some of the right people. It, you know what I'm saying? It, it works well for me. And that's cool. Yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, that shit is really good, really good. I like that. I like that. That shit was cool, B. Uh, it's interesting <laughs> too. It's very 20, 21 years old when you like going on a trip with your lady and your friends. Like you know, when you in your twenties, you damn near like. Six to ten deep everywhere you go. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. that's still that action where you're still in the mix with with a entourage everywhere right. you move. <laughs> that is dope. And it's what's cool about that too is because you remember, like, you know, you don't even sometimes 
there's certain things that you got to do to learn. You know, you got to learn. You got to go out on your own trip. Somebody could tell you what you need to do for the trip, but at mm -hmm. that age, you hear it, but it go through one ear and out the other. And, you know, like, one thing I think I didn't realize, especially at that age, was um, I didn't realize, you know, incidentals. You oh. know what I'm saying? Like, those are the things that you don't really plan for. You don't really budget for all of that. You know how much it costs to get out there. You know how much the hotel costs. Maybe even how much to and from the hotel costs, you know, taxi-wise. Outside of that, like, you might not have done the math on how I'm going to get through the day. How these right. little things that's going to happen, right. you know. And uh, that, that's a learning experience, but it's best, it's best, hap it's best to uh, have that happen on the ground. So yeah, that's no cool, doubt. man. Yeah, yeah man. My first Shit. big trip yeah. post graduation it wasn't even a big trip, but I think my first trip out of uh, you know like grown trip was I went to Cancun. I talked about it on here. I went to the Cancun All Star Fiesta, mm -hmm. and my homeboy Cad. We went out there, and it was funny because we went last minute, and just to show how ignorant we were, <laughs> and I can't <laughs> believe I can't believe we was about to do this. I'm glad we didn't. Uh, some somebody had some sense. I think it was me at that point, but uh, we couldn't really find. We got the, we seen yo. You can still get the tickets to the All Star Fiesta. There's still flights, you know, but hotels. Wasn't really no hotels. Couldn't really find a hotel. Mm -hmm. I think my man Kev was like, "Yo, B. First of all, this shit is Cancun." We could sleep on the beach, you know what I mean, and we could just go to go to a, a gym and just take a shower, just be in the world. It ain't nothing, and uh, I don't think that idea lasted more than five minutes. But for five good minutes, it was something that was being like, you know, we were starting to like. Hmm. I said, nah. And when we touched down, I was like, when we we had a whack hotel, but we had a hotel. Right. I was like, dog, you was talking about living on the beach. First of all, Cancun got beach, but it ain't like what you thought it was going to be. Cancun right. is a strip. Like, where we were at, it was, we would have looked like super vagrants. But, um, yeah, man, shout out to all of the graduates. Uh, you know, my, my niece actually graduated from... Um, from Hampton, you know that, and um, obviously, okay, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah she graduated. Yeah. It was it was a little anticlimactic, you know what I mean? I, you know, she, even she admitted because it was like a virtual thing, and I guess mm -hmm. I don't think they. She sent. I don't know if they got her picture in time, so it wasn't even like in the ceremony and all of that. Mm. So like it was kind of, I felt bad, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. You know, it is what it is. I, I reached out to her. But which I, what I would like to do, what do you think, what do you think is a good gift? And I put this out to the to the, to the the listeners too. What's a good gift for like a, a recent, like a brand new graduate, you know, 20, you know, 21 year old uh, young woman, you know, into the world, trying mm -hmm. to, you know, make her way in the, in the world today. What's a I'm, good gift for a graduate? I mean, you you were, I think you gave Amir a gift, like a bond, a savings bond, something back in the day. I think oh. nowadays a stock, uh, a cryptocurrency mm. or some investment type of thing that, you know, she don't have to put her own money up and it could sit and, you know, maybe do something. Wow. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, some stock. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. All right. Well, shout out. 
That's a good. Socks, that's a good. Give us socks, Diddy, and figure out what's the best. Yeah, shit. yeah. What's the best situation? I don't think it's gonna be anything crypto because I'm still lost in that, <laughs> in that that realm. I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah, whatever, whatever's you know, man, comfortable or something right. that she might be into. I don't, you know. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Figure that out. Yeah, Figure yeah, that out. Man. That's a good point. Yeah, man. But uh, that's what's up, man. So yeah, mm-hmm. congrats to the young Muhammad on his first. Uh, First venture into the world right. unattended as an adult. Uh-huh. That's big, man. Ah, uh, shit, man. What else is going on? Ah, man, shit. You know, um, I'm venturing out on some new projects and shit. You know what I'm saying? Nothing worth, not worth, it's very worth, but nothing that I would mention. It's new, new uh, context on shit, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, you get out here, you start getting back to work, you know, stuff start trickling in and starting to pick up. And then you start to realize, you know, the gain, the the ground you gain during your, you know, pandemic era uh, meditative states, you know what I'm saying? Where you able to take time to yourself and figure shit out. Right. And your first instinct is to kind of, all right, here come the money. Let's jump right back in where we left off. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, but then you started to realize, well, damn, this is the damn same shit that I was glad I wasn't doing when I wasn't doing it. So, shit, what the, how should I play this? You know what I'm saying? You you can't turn away your, you know what I'm saying, the bread that's coming, that's, that feeds you. But you got to figure out real quick what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. And that's where I'm at with it. And it's just it's just a, a, a exciting but weird place to be because mm-hmm. when somebody asks you, all right, nigga, how this shit rolling out? You're like, well, nigga, I ain't even formulated the shit in my head, but it's going to roll out. <laughs> and that's a very uncomfortable place when you got people looking at you for answers. And you're like, uh, but um, I have a good feeling about the direction and the and the things because it's nothing different than what I do it's just restructuring the point of view and and instead of taking your point of view and putting it on everybody else's shit that comes to you with the money you kind of gotta you know mark off your square stand on it and broadcast your point of view and bring those projects to your point of view and let people buy in or tap in to what you got going on. You know right. what I'm saying? Stand here, raise your flag, and be about that shit. Cause, you know, over my course of, of work, you know what I mean? I kinda I could go here, I could go there, I can go over here, I could add my shit to all kind of shit. But then in the end, what happens is you're you may have 10 projects going all in 10 different directions. You know what I'm saying? And while it's your point of view, it's still you have to stretch your mind to kind of fit it into what they have going on. And by the time you do that, you could have just went to medical school and shit or law school and did some other shit. Cause you know what I'm saying? If you're gonna be thinking that motherfucking hard, you know what I mean? At least save a life. But <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what I'm saying? When it's when when it's your when you're standing on your own concepts and you you have you have the choice of adding things to it 
You know what I'm saying? It's easier to say, nah, not that. Nah, not that. Okay, that'll work. That'll work. You know your recipe is a lot better. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, standing over the pot and, and you're stirring shit in as opposed to just going around sprinkling salt on everything. Uh, I could tell Ramadan over the way you was just cooking. Um, <laughs> nah, I could dig it. <laughs> just going around sprinkling salt over everything. Nah, I hear that. Yeah, it's 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 um it's it's imperative to uh to uh you know pilot your own shit. You know what I'm saying? To get your get your get your shit in the world and uh and stand on it. You know, like you said, mm-hmm. like it becomes it's like yeah yeah yeah. I know you know. It goes back to what we said about the pivot. You know, I know you know mm-hmm. me for this. This is what I do now. You know, this is this is this is it. And if you liked what I did with that, then you're going to love this, you know, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the common denominator is still you, you right. know? So it's like, it's from the mind that brought you this, you know, how they always, the <laughs> producers of, right. you know, you, right. you spin it like that. And mm-hmm. there's that built in, the built in goodwill and equity, like, oh, right, 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 right. These are, I'm not, I'm not dealing with somebody new. I'm still mm-hmm. in good hands, you know, but this is, this is, uh, this is where, uh, people get to showcase trust and loyalty to your brand. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, that's what you're doing. You know what? Yeah. I fuck with you, so let's let's go for it. You know, right. and then and then now that that turns into the next movement, and then next thing you know, you keep going so long that people forgot where they made the turn at. You know, right. they feel like they've been riding with you like this for so long. Oh, right, right. When I, you ever, you know, like you ever, you ever think about how you met certain people and they may right. have been doing something totally different than what you right. even associate them with? Like it becomes right. that type of vibe. Right. And, but, and that's one of the reasons that's pushed me in this direction because, um, you know, you get, I got tagged in this post on uh, Instagram and, um, uh, and it was this guy talking about how he has a love-hate relationship with the internet. But <clears throat> a lot of the things that he's done in his career and is able to do now is based off of people he met on the internet. And, mm. and um, he miscredited it. He was like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, one of the first person people I met on the internet, they connected me with Twitter and, and really connected all of my whole little crew was, uh, this girl, uh, this this lady, Cat Marie, and um, on the site uh, Twenty Four Seven Hustle, but he was talking about Twenty One Hustle. He's talking about Twenty First Century Hustle, mm-hmm. and so Cat Marie chimed in and corrected it and tagged me up, and was like, you know how it how it uh, connected a lot of people together, and they went on to be friends and peoples and doing shit together, shit that you know, what I'm saying I you know I had no idea of you know what I mean who was doing what. It was just a platform that was there. And that kind of woke me up to, hey, nigga, you got to be doing shit you already know to be doing and stop spreading this shit out, spreading it thin and concentrate it in one place. Raise the flag and go because it's a it's it's an important thing to to because somebody might be waiting on that particular idea that you have. You know what I'm saying? It might be the perfect thing for a few people, maybe a lot, but you know what I'm saying? What I discounted was 
I was like, oh man, I ain't got a million followers. I ain't got a million people on this site. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got 200,000. I had a friend that had 300,000 people on his site. And I'm like, damn, my shit had like 5,000. I'm like, mm-hmm. man, I'm, I'm fucking, this is a failure. <laughs> I mean, really, it was, it was a good thing. But then when you ain't got it, you're like, well, I wish I still had them 5,000 people. You know what, what right. I'm saying? So it's like valuing the audience and the, the, like I just said audience, but really it's valuing the people mm-hmm. who come to this shit. Cause this is real life for people. They spend their time and their attention on something. You know what I'm saying? It becomes a real thing. And sometimes you get caught up in, in trying to, in your capitalism. And it's like, you know, my metrics and my, my, my bottom line and my revenue and like shit, this ain't making no sense. Right. And right. that's when you start to be, you know what I'm saying? De Blasio. You know what I mean? You the Knicks is hot, and you got on the Brooklyn shit just on the wave, cause you just trying to be right with the with the algorithm. So that that kind of change that kind of woke me up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> now nah, it's real. It's real. You gotta. Um, it reminded me of a a quote I saw earlier today that I can't remember. So I don't even know why I'm. <laughs> <laughs> setting, <laughs> setting up the quote, but uh, it was it was deep too, and I, I I'll find it hopefully while mm-hmm. we still here. But uh, you know, yeah, you just gotta you know they you know they also say one quote that I always I, I definitely try to remind myself is you know comparison is the thief of joy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and when you start looking at what everybody else is doing, you not paying attention to what you got cooking. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, and and the, what you got cooking is just, is very important. It's actually more important than what else, everybody else is chefing up because that meal isn't for you. You know what I mean? You don't know <laughs> what they put in that shit. So you got to, like, you got to really stay on it. Man, when they finish that dish, boy, it would not be a servant coming your way. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. And they're going to look at you funny for looking at them expectantly. Like, what? Look, well, like, stop begging with your eyes. Right, right. <laughs> they're going to talk shit about you as they're eating. You know, your man came through looking for a plate. I'll be damned. Anyway, so he ain't putting nothing in on this dish. So, but yeah, it's, it's so much about what you got going on and, and like, and, and, you know, like, really sticking it out, you know? Because mm-hmm. that's the shit. Like, it's just sticking it out, man. Like, you don't right. know. You never know what's going to come, but it ain't going to be there if you're not there. So, like, mm. you know, you just, as long as you just stay at it, people know, oh, yeah, he doing that. You know, like, they know where to find you, you know, right. just, you know, in a, in, a, in a certain type of way. So, uh, and that goes back to whole trust in that process shit. You know, I've been, I still, I'm still on this little two hours a day writing shit. Uh And, uh, and it's tough. I'm not going to lie. It's getting a little better, but it's still tough sitting in front. Like, cause I, I, I really commit to not moving for this two hours and whatever comes, comes. And you know what I mean? Sometimes it's like, it could feel like a journal entry sometimes. It could just, you know, I'm recalling shit. I'm, you know, but like ultimately, I just I want to be more proficient about what you know, creating creating shit, creating content, mm-hmm. creating stories, creating material, all of that. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's, it's it could be frustrating when it's not 
when that faucet ain't really running, it's like mm-hmm. getting little drip drops and shit like that. It can make you. <laughs> It, it should it's it's nice it's frustrating you know what I mean and and you're looking at you know you could it's it's tempting to look at what other people do and the success that they get and it feel like damn you know like but that's that's anxiety like on some real shit like I'm be mm-hmm. honest with you you know just to be like transparent mm-hmm. I was I was talking about this uh, yesterday like. Um, you know, one, the re-entry thing is going to be something. I'm not going to lie, it's going to be tough. But, I, you know, I got to do that. But, like, mm-hmm. even just doing comedy, right? Like, I haven't been on stage since March 2020. So that's mm. over a year since I've been on stage. And I was l- low-key joking, but halfway serious where I was like, you know, I don't even feel like a comedian. I feel like a fan of comedy you know because yeah no it is it but that's anxiety that's Mm -hmm. just me saying you know because shit nigga i do comedy but it was a pandemic so it Mm -hmm. wasn't just me that hasn't been on stage in a year there's obviously a bunch of comics that you know were braver than others though some were out last year somewhere some are back in this you know back in the in the in the in the clubs now Mm -hmm. and um i'm starting to you know get calls and bookings and shit like that. And like, you know, it's, it's a blessing to have that come back. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm still like one nervous about, you know, these crowds or whatever, but even beyond the COVID of it all is a part of me. That's kind of like, I know I could still do this, mm-hmm. but there's going to be that, scrapping together the new act and Mm -hmm. starting basically from scratch you might have you know you might have some shit a couple minutes that you could you could pull from from before or whatever like that before the world changed or whatever Mm -hmm. or you might you know i don't i'm not really trying to mine too tough on COVID material because that's gonna be that's not evergreen that's gonna be dead in a minute you know what Mm -hmm. i mean but you you know i might use a little bit of that just to kind of get some kindling for the fire but the Mm -hmm. real shit of it all is it's going to be it's going to be um gonna be a little bit of a battle (laughs) it's gonna be some (laughs) fucking it's gonna be some slow ones and i gotta take my fucking ego out of that shit because you know there's the the ideal the ideal fucking fantasy of it all is you jump back on stage and niggas be like what pandemic this motherfucker is He's killing shit. It's like he ain't take no time <laughs> off. And now nah, there's going to be a lot of ring rust and, you know what I mean, uh, hemming and hawing and all of that other shit. But, <laughs> you know, two minutes turned to five minutes and five minutes turned to ten minutes. And then after a while, you back to what it is. But it's right. just like you got to, well, I got to commit to that process, you know, right. for, for and and realize that that's part of it. You know what I'm right. saying? Like that that's never that's never not been a part of it. It's mm-hmm. just that so so much so that you could get so lost in the work that you forget about that part of the work, but it's still part of the work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And um Yeah, yeah sure. man, but you know. I, I was telling my homeboy today. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? I don't remember what sparked it, but he was saying something he was a similar thing, you know what I'm saying, trying to get moving on something. And it was uh-huh. really me talking to myself too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Cause I so when I typed it in my phone, I typed it under notes itself. <laughs> say, right. 
you ain't got to do a whole lot. You just got to do, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, once you get to doing shit, you know what I mean? Shit will start, like you said, for two minutes turn to five. Five turn Mm -hmm. 10. You know what I'm saying? Booze turn to motherfucking cheers. Shit. Right, right, yeah. And there you go. Then you back. Then you doing what you doing what you know to do and you're doing some new shit. You know what I mean? You're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. You know, you just it's just trusting the process, man. You know. Um but uh I got some uh you know <laughs> this is random. This is very off the this is definitely <laughs> left. <laughs> I was looking at some shit that I do not um I do not fuck with. Uh there's a phenomenon of uh proposal videos, but the premise is a fake arrest. So I don't know if you've seen this, but it's a bit of a trend where you know, you go get your friendly cop that you know, mm. and they pull up <laughs> who, on you. Who knows them? But okay. I, these people, in, <laughs> these people in these videos, they got a homie that they got, no got a gun and a badge <laughs> that and pull was willing up. to play with it. Yeah, willing to play, willing to play the game. Pull up with their partner in the in you know in the car, maybe more, more maybe with some backup. They put the, the siren on and they, they come out with the fucking guns drawn. They say, I right, I need you to get on the ground. You know what I mean? And oftentimes it's the guy. The guy gets on the ground and, you know, he playing scared or whatever the fuck. And, you know, he sit down. And you know, oftentimes the, the guy's with his lady. His lady's like, what's going on? But, you know, nervous because these are the mm-hmm. cops they got guns drawn this shit looks real this shit look like some shit you've seen time and time again the right. shit you do not want to see right and uh typically in that that fucking that fever storm of of fear and emotion the the culprit the guy that's on the ground he goes into his pocket and pulls out a ring and he says hey Will you marry me? <laughs> and the woman is oftentimes like, <gasps> you know, the shit is so <laughs> jarring right, that they don't right. really know how to. I mean, you know, it's always, it's the corniest shit I've seen in some time, man. Cause you, I, I, go ahead. You know somebody's done this? No, no, I got one question that yeah. just to let me get this right in my head. Uh, go ahead. Black or white? Well, see, that's the thing. <laughs> That's the thing. When I first saw it, what pissed me off more than anything was it was black folks. So uh-huh. I'm like, you already know the trauma that you're manipulating. Right. Like, you've mm-hmm. seen the hashtags. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, this has been going on for years and years and years and years. And this is what you do. And this should be, this should be a moment that I'm, ideally should have some joy attached to it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But... um. But I will also say I saw I saw in as I was researching it because I went into it I saw a white couple I seen you know I saw a white couple do it and it was a lot less tense you know what I mean? I'm no, sure the, no, it was, it was, 
dude, it was so different. It was, the tone was way different. The white woman was, you know, all compliant and jolly with the cops, not a care in the world. She had that, it, this must be a surprise party energy. Like, she was not thinking of the, the you know, of what could happen. And right. uh, I was just like, but why, what's that about? What's that? I, I get, I get the little the bait and switch, or how did he pop the question type shit? But that yeah. just seems like I mean, that's a, it, it's something about you know playing on that kind of fear. Like I, I you know, I I, yeah. I don't get it, but I I I, I, I can thrill seeking. I, I see it. Right. Go ahead, go ahead, go but ahead. No, no, I could see in a moment in a in in a in a a blank moment in time. I was maybe. 12 years old, mm-hmm. uh, Run DMC, I guess it was the King of Rock album had dropped. And, um, you know, I was just playing in the house, you know, had my radio bumping. And then my pops pulled up and it was kind of dark in the house. So I was like, oh shit, I'm gonna scare that motherfucker when he come in. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. this is just in my own head. I don't know what I was thinking. So, you know what I'm saying? It's dark. I turned the radio off and had it on pause, but I had it turned all the way up. And then when he, you know, opened the bar door, come in, and he hit that second door, I, I unreleased the pause. Boom. Dun, 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 whatever the fuck came mm-hmm. on. Yeah. So some yeah. loud ass run down seat. Man, that motherfucker drew down on me so motherfucking fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the pistol was on me so quick. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, hey, 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 hold up, hold up. It was like, like, motherfucker, what is you doing? Right. <laughs> you get, get, get killed like that. Whose house? <laughs> yeah, like some wild. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. I was just like, I'm going to scare him. I don't know. I was yeah. Like, it was a bonehead decision, which sounds right. like these types of videos, like just a bonehead concept. Let me just, let me scare the shit out of him. What's the right. scariest shit I could do? Right. But you were seven. I was, you know what I mean? I was like, like 11, 12. Yeah, okay. I mean, you know, people, I think, I mean, yeah. people, art imitates life. And right. these, this is the shit we see day in and day out in life. And so it's accessible to the imagination of the mm-hmm. prankster. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Just like, just like all the stupid prank videos where they do all the stupid shit in the stores. You know what I'm saying? Uh, go in the hood and, and, you know what I'm saying? Touch touch a dude on the butt or something. They they plan on tropes that exist that they know exist that they know is going to get people riled up. So I don't know why you would want to attach that to your wedding or your your proposal, but right. I mean, you know, people do other silly ass proposals. So yeah. I guess they yeah. are competing with the prom proposals or the, the gender wedding. reveals and yeah. all of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody competing for internet. Attention, right? The quest yeah. to viral. Yeah, I can dig it, Pete. You know that shit is uh, drugs. You know, but uh, it just that shit just silly. I understand it, but it's silly. And I would, I would, I could imagine how stupid you feel when you recalling that story. Maybe not. Maybe you just love it. Maybe you thought it was the funniest shit ever. But it right. might, I'm sure that I'm sure the responses are always very. So how'd you meet? Well, you know. Mm-hmm. It was it was probably a month after the whole George Floyd thing, you know. So I thought it would be <laughs> kind of funny, 
<laughs> I mean, I thought I thought it would be really, really neat that uh, you know, I, I had some officer come by, and you know, the, the gun was loaded, of course, but uh, you know, it's just, it's just like, all right, man, go ahead with that shit. But uh, mm-hmm. oh, I found the quote I was talking about. I don't know if it really attaches to what it is. Maybe it's just a quote that I thought was good, but um, it says um. It might not all the way, into, but it's interesting because it goes with the, uh, I guess, the anxiety of being creative. It says, trying to be unique is a waste of time. We are always unique. The desire to be unique is tied to capitalism and faith in oppressive fairy tales of success and failure in the arts. That's mm. by Matthew Day Jackson. Yeah. That's now, you said oppressive fairy tales. Op- Oppressive fairy tales, which is a strong three three punch combo or two piece. Oppressive fairy tales. Now so, say, say that say that quote one more time. So I can trying to be unique is a waste of time. We mm-hmm. are always unique. The desire to be quote unique is tied to capitalism and faith in oppressive fairy tales of success and failure in the arts. Matthew Day Jackson. Mm. I get it. I see what he's saying. Mm. I get it. You know, I've been seeing a lot of people kind of attacking capitalism, you know. Um, and the, go ahead. No, nah, go ahead. And, I, I, don't um, think, I don't think the big part of that was the capitalism part. The oppressive fairy tales is the part the, that you like? The oppressive fairy tales of success and failure. And okay. that's what we are all... Chasing and running from the idea of being a failure or mm-hmm. to project the idea of, okay, I'm good. I, I, I've done it. Like he good. He did it. He got his thing together. He got that house over there. He, okay. You know what I'm saying? Kids looking good at the right school. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All of that is success. And it's like a, just a projection of success. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't qualify any real barometer of how success really feels. You know what I'm saying? And maybe that's what's oppressive about it because you put in yourself under so much stress. If you do arrive to quote unquote success, you still stress the fuck out. And oftentimes you're still unfulfilled. You know what I mean? So it's, it's that hamster wheel. It's that whole thing. And it's like, the, you know, they always say the blessing is in the work. So doing what you want to do mm-hmm. is really the victory. But mm-hmm. oftentimes, you know, people are so hung up on what was the most recent accomplishment or what was the win and da 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 And it's outside of the work. Right. And it's like the work is the win, you know? Right. And and wow. I, I, was, um, I was interviewing a guy when I was doing the magazine. This is a successful guy that everybody know. And... <laughs> He had just won, you know what I'm saying? Had a big win and probably made his first million at that point. And then mm-hmm. I asked him, we was in a club and the club wasn't jumping at all. And I asked him, I was like, how does it feel to you know, have made it to that level of success? And mm-hmm. he was like, man, it don't feel like nothing. It just feel like I gotta go buy some stuff to, to you know what I'm saying, prove to myself that I did it. Right. I'm like, damn, that was that was pretty depressing, because it was it was, felt like a celebratory moment. It felt like, okay, goddamn, niggas won, and then it was, eh, you know, 
Nah, right. I guess I just I maybe had to go prove it to myself that I won, and probably to other people. But you know, shit, it's whatever. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, wow. you know, and it's whack. Cool. I mean, whack, but it's kind of uh, it's a weird feeling that what should look like you should be over the top happy mm-hmm. at what optics wise looks like the win, right? Mm-hmm. And the fact that you still kind of you don't feel like what you thought it was going to feel like or you feel like you got to do more or whatever, like the fact that you were kind of blown by that response, mm-hmm. that's, <laughs> that's got to kind of feel a certain type of way too when, it, you know, you got to get comfortable with that because there are people that might, you know, fake be happy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you'll see people say, you ain't happy? Nah, fam, you should be happy. you like, you, mm-hmm. you can't tell me. Yeah. How right. happy I should be. This is right. where I'm at. Yeah. yeah, you can't tell nobody nothing because you don't know what it took to get there. You don't know what they going through at the present moment. You don't even know if this is some shit they really wanted to do. It's just some shit that worked. You right. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it, you know what I'm saying? Motherfucker may feel like a fraud or may feel like an imposter. You know, you don't know what's going on in somebody's mind because they still working through it. And the, the the new project that I'm working on is kind of an exploration of, of that type of idea of where is it that it really feels like the win? You know what I'm saying? Even if you losing. Like, well, quote unquote, losing. Right. And, and um, you know, I just think it's a question worth exploring. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's definitely worth exploring because, you know, it goes back to it, all that shit. What you, with, with all that glitters ain't gold, you know, and shit. Some stuff that don't glitter might be gold. They just might, right. you know, they, and, you know. And everything ain't for everybody. You know right. what I'm saying? In, in the quote of Bevy Smith, everything ain't for everybody. And, you know, sometimes you may be doing the, the thing that works, but it might be not the thing that, it might not be the thing that works for you. You know right. what I'm saying? It works in general, but it might not work for you. And the quest of trying to get to that place where it all works under your constitution or in your, you know what I'm saying, in your spirit or in your, you know what I mean, your, 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 whatever your, your guiding principles are. So, um, when you, when you talk to people like, I, you know, talk to rich people, you know what I'm saying? Some people that just made it, they just, you know, they got all what you want, all what everybody talking about, they got it. And then it might be like, man, what am I doing this shit for? Cause if I die today, all my people gonna do is sell all this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, what am I really doing this for? Am I, you know? And mm-hmm. these are the questions. I think the more once you once you satisfy the quest of the things, and you you you've realized all the things or not, or, or maybe have not, but you're you're good on the things that you have. It becomes to, it becomes how does this feel? What does this mean? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even even like the rich white people, you know, people always like to compare the worst of you to the to the best of rich white people. You know what I'm saying? Like, boy, you need to teach your kids how to do that. That's what people. That's what white people do. Like, that's what the richest white people do. Right. But even when you round them, the whole like I've shot rich shit where you know it's just rich, like one percent rich ass shit. But the person who's doing this. They not doing it for the reasons like other people do shit. They just doing that shit to create meaning of 
of this whole shit. They got all the shit. They got everything they need. But they need to make this shit mean something to them, to their family, to the ones that's close to them. And you see, that's what the, that's where the effort goes. And then you see the same shit if you go all the way back down the line to, you know what I'm saying, people who don't have all that shit. You know what I'm saying? But Friday night, they always, they got the party, they got the birthdays, they cooking the cakes, they celebrating every occasion. All that shit means something. And they ain't looking to have no more shit than they got. They got all the shit they need because it all means good shit to them. It feels good to them. So those two people, you know what I'm saying, some of the richest people and some of the poorest people have that in common. A lot of times it feels like us in the middle, we keep trying to go to this next place and this next place and this next place to where you never settle in to, you know what, I'm good with the shit and I feel good and all I'm going to do from here on out is celebrate this shit. Yeah. It's interesting that, like, there was... I'm thinking about thinking about this pan this pandemic, right? And this mm-hmm. uh the quarantine time where people were, you know, you had to be in the house for a while, you had to be on pause, you know, some for longer than others. But <clears throat> it made a lot of people have to grapple with uh what they had, you know, mm-hmm. what they what surrounded them in that moment. You know, mm-hmm. like this is this is your life, you know, like <laughs> how you you know, like for real, how you feel about it? Where you at with it? Do you feel fulfilled if this was do you have a whole lot of shit? Are you ordering a bunch of shit from Amazon just to see more shit to kind of mm-hmm. try to buy some happiness or, you know, some some joy or whatever? Or are you are you settled with where you are? Are you starting to look a little deeper than the pursuit since things are on pause? And then mm-hmm. now that we getting back to it, just so quick, people back in the pursuit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And kind of forget <laughs> all of the, the reflection and meditation <laughs> or whatever they did. They back after. They're like, shit, I'm free. I got to go chase again. I need this Benz. I need this Rolex, nigga. I missed a year. You know, and it's like, fuck that reflection. <laughs> right, all of that reflection, nigga. Say that, leave that shit to the mirror. I'm in these streets. I'm out here going for it. And it's like, man, back on the back on the hamster wheel. And nobody wanna hear that shit. Nobody really wanna hear that. That that shit is safe for that's that's rocking chair reflection when you down and old and you can't get in the game no more now. You could get a little bit more profound with your insight. But right now, Nah, I gotta go get it Cause they over there getting it And I'm scrolling through Instagram And they got more than I got And now you now you back chasing Now you back comparing your life to some other shit That you don't even know how that work You know right. what I'm saying? Like you just know what they show And right. it's um It's a, it's a, yo That's a, that is a Not even a skill But like a talent A skill, a discipline to really Be content and or to even not even just be content because I, I think content has a a bad connotation even though i don't think it should mm-hmm. but it to be in touch with and be satisfied with where you are even if you are still in pursuit even if you're doing the work even mm-hmm. if you're you know like you don't have to stop mm-hmm. to to feel good you could keep going good. but yeah and still be proud of what you're doing and if it stopped today You'd be you'd be like, well, I did what I could. You know what I'm saying? Right. And uh I think uh, you know, that's 
that's easier said than done, but it's right. one of those things that um, is something to work towards. Um, mm-hmm. it's, 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 oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Try to, try no, 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 no. I, I, no I, it's kind of like trying to trying to identify what's that thing that feels like that along the way all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like right. You're never going to be able to just stay in a one state. You perpetually. But when you do get to the state that, that where you're good, how do you find your way back to it? How do you recognize when it's coming? How do you get to a place where you know, okay, shit, yeah, I'm going to have this argument right here. Yeah, I'm going to negotiate this deal and be kind of stressed. But all I know is when I leave out this bitch, when this thing happens, I'm going to be, whoo, it's going to be all good. It could be when you get home and get in the bathtub. It could be the classic black man, you know what I'm saying, sanctuary. When you go come home, sit on the toilet and shit, it's the place where nobody can fuck with you. You know, mm-hmm. well, you know what I'm saying? For relatively, you know, whereas you good, <laughs> like shit. Whoo. You know what I'm saying? Some sometimes that's all you got. You know what right. I mean? For me, like, even as a kid, I just remember when it's dusk in Miami. It's like, you know, sun about to set, you know, the the, the sky is pink and orange and blue, and the clouds looking like cotton candy all on swole. It's the sun on the horizon. The moon is in the western sky. And then it's a star. I don't know if it's a planet or a star, but it's right there all the time. If you're looking west at mm-hmm. dusk, you'll see the moon and then the star right on top of it. That always felt like anything was possible. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I could be in the middle of the hood in a brown sub no matter where. If you look up in the sky at that time of day, it's like, man, I could do anything. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, how do you add more places and things of that nature that make you feel a certain way and keep your optimism towards shit. I could do whatever I'm trying to do out here and I'm good with, with, with the tools that I have. I don't need no more. You know what I mean? I got what I need. Right. And think, the people around me. I think one thing that's, that's interesting to help with that is, um, cause you said earlier, you know, <clears throat> They might not, the success to somebody, what you see as success to someone else might just be what worked, right? right? And it wasn't even what they were looking to do. But I was thinking, like, one of the things that I like, you know, I see these in like interviews and, you know, you read interviews or just in general, even with yourself. Sometimes when you hear people, and you could do it with yourself, but sometimes when you hear people that you may admire talk about the choices that they made, and why mm-hmm. they did certain things that might have had a huge impact on you. Mm-hmm. When you hear oftentimes like how modest or how humble the idea was initially. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, I just wanted to do this. Or I just wanted to make my, my uncle laugh. You know, with right. some shit that happened with da-da-da-da-da. And then, you know, and then we created this whole thing. And, you know, nine seasons later or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or this 20 million later, it was it all came from... We was sitting, we was on the stoop, and I said mm-hmm. some shit about my man's sneakers talking, and then next thing you know, nigga had sneaker talk. And this is mm-hmm. sneaker talk, movie number seven, whatever the fuck it is, it's just like, and then also, like when people kind of go into all of that, they talk about the creative portion of it, just to see how excited people are recalling like the little struggles that, you know, might seem so far away or that wasn't even visible to the finished mm-hmm. product. 
yeah, we had to have that meeting. I remember we had that meeting and we were in the elevator and this, that, and this happened. And, you know, it was the same day that this went down. And and it's just like, you again, it's committing to the process because you didn't know what it was going to be. You know, shout out to Bev. We didn't shout her out quite a bit in this episode. And shout out to her because she was on Run the World, killed that. But um, one of the things she always used to say was, don't be wedded to the outcome. You know what I'm saying? Because the outcome might not be what you even envisioned. It could be even bigger. As long as you, and like I go back, if we, if you just trust this process, that shit will lead you to so many different things that you couldn't even fathom. But as long as you consistently doing this and doing that and doing this and doing that, you know, like you look up. And then when you look up, you like, oh, I had a whole, I did a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I, oh, right, I did do that. Like, when you say people talking about 21st century hustle, you know, it's mm-hmm. probably been a long time since you sat back and looked at what you did back then. And sometimes it might take somebody, you know, reminiscing on how this prompted them getting on Twitter, which is some shit that you didn't even think about when you mm-hmm. was manifesting. You was like, yo, this shit going to get cat and her peoples on Twitter. Watch, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like that had nothing. That was some peripheral <laughs> shit, right? So it's it's just it's it's a, it's it's cool, and it's um it's just something to remember as you out there doing whatever you're doing. Right. But um, uh, <laughs> I got I got a uh, I got two questions. All right, I got mm-hmm. a I got a. All right, we got a couple things, but I'm uh, because I was gonna do a top. Actually, let me do a top three ranking out the blue, okay. random top three. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the top three movies that you could rewatch at any time, and why? Anytime, anytime. Three movies that you could always. It don't matter at what point it come on, or you know what you've seen this shit fifteen times. What are some movies? Three movies that you it, like? It's funny, like Five Heartbeats, and that okay. wouldn't even be like that one. Like if you would, if I was just thinking myself, mm-hmm. I might not even brought it up because mm-hmm. it's one of the movies that I'm. I would never probably go say, you know what? I'm gonna turn on the Five Heartbeats and watch that today. But anytime that motherfucker on, mm-hmm. you know, and I done seen that movie a hundred times. Anytime it's on, you're gonna sit down and be like, oh man, that shit right there was funny. Okay, all right. Next thing you know, you don't watch the whole shit. So if it's on, I might not get up from it if I ain't got uh, shit else to do. Um, so five heartbeats. Uh Scarface up until he blows up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like I'll never watch the fall. <laughs> You like fuck this shit. <laughs> I yeah, can watch yeah. the you know what I'm saying, the first two thirds of the movie, then the last part, ah, I'm good. You know right. what I'm saying? Scarface. Um shit. Um I, I I know it's a whole lot more, but you got me on the spot and I ain't able to think. I could watch Menace just okay. for the quotables every time that motherfucker. Just for yeah. all the quotables. I do all the quotables and that shit. Just to count. Um, what's your actor name? Who we do the appreciation for? Clifton Powell. Clifton, just to watch Clifton Powell say "motherfucker" fourteen times in one scene. Right. You know what I'm saying? Don't bring mm-hmm. your motherfucking ass around this motherfucker for two o'clock. Told your motherfucking head. You know what I'm saying? Like just on the quotables and the you know what I'm saying? The 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 zeitgeist of it all. Right. Those are my three. 
What's yours? Uh, uh, just and obviously to your point, man. It could be I could be a bunch of them, but three off the top. Goodfellas. Mm. Goodfellas is definitely that's one of my yeah. That I that's think about yeah. Yeah, that's one of them. That shit mm-hmm. just got so many different little scenes and mm-hmm. just wild. Like, it's just great performances. It's, I could pick up from anywhere, and I'm like, oh, nah, this is it. Yeah. Um, uh, what I had, I, um, Do the Right Thing. Do the mm-hmm. Right Thing is another one where I could just, I could pick, I could watch that shit. Similar to you, uh... I hate the part. It still hits me, but when they when they kill spoiler alert, uh, when they kill Radio Raheem, man, mm-hmm. that shit, that shit still hits me. Maybe that's why I'm so mad at the police assistant proposal. You know what I mean? Because even shit like that, like that will that shit will make me tight even thirty years later. Mm-hmm. So there's that, and then um, paid in full. Paid in full Ooh. is one of them. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paid I'm in mad full. I ain't say that. Yeah, man. I could. I could. At any point of that movie, when it come on, I'm like, oh shit, nah. I gotta watch this. I'm watching this for the rest of the shit. There's so yeah. many different scenes and it's yeah. wild shit. So and, and paid in full. Paid in full and Goodfellas off of your list. Uh huh. Are movies yeah. that I will go and say I'm going to watch Goodfellas or Paid in Full today. That's what I'm going to do. Right. Like, it don't even have to just be playing. I I could go look for that motherfucker randomly. And and um I know you ain't asked me for four, but there's a one other movie that's not it's not a mainstream movie. It's a foreign movie. Um, but it's a movie called Mongol, which is about Genghis Khan. Uh-huh. For whatever reason, I love that movie. You know what I'm saying? It, it's just like his story, it's it's similar to in in and like the Scarface uh, come from nothing, make it to something kind of deal itself. He came from something, then went to nothing, then came back to be the ruler of the whole fucking shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just something about that storyline and the way that they portrayed it that that's intriguing. And um, like it's not always available on Netflix. Sometimes you got to go rent the motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? But I've done that four or five times. When did it come out? I have no idea when it came. It's old or is it newer? It's, it's, when... it's a it's a you know a arts type of deal. It's probably okay. like two thousand something. Okay. Mongo. Let me. You know what I'm saying? I'll let you know. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Put it on the uh, on the Facebook page. I've been starting to add shit to the Facebook page again. Oh, man, I did. You ain't telling. Yeah, me. yeah. I do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It came out two thousand seven. All right. I'll check it out. Yeah. I'll check that out. Yeah, um, they look, look like they got a Mongo too. Oh shit! Oh shit! Goodfellas is on Netflix currently right now too, just in case you wanted to know. And I think I don't know if Paid in Full is still on, but I know it was on. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think another maybe not this week, but another time I might ask you what are three <laughs> movies because this is a this is a flip. But what are three movies that you saw that were so dope? That you like, oh, this is this one of the best movies I've ever seen, but you have never rewatched it. Like, mm. you know, you know, certain movies like like I remember you made a City of God reference not too long ago. Mm. And I remember when I saw City of God, I thought that shit was so ill, but I don't think I've ever rewatched it. Like when I think about rewatching, I remember I think it was long as fuck. So it's one mm. of those where I'm like, ah, oh, that's, yeah. oh, that's a commitment, but I loved right. it. 
Yeah, it's a lot of parts to it. But I, mm-hmm. I, I could watch. I could watch it. I've watched that four or five times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what movie I thought was beautiful and brilliant? And I, I'm, let me make sure I got the name. And uh, it's a French movie. Uh, I think it's Ameline or Ameline or some shit like that. Amelie. And, yeah, Amelie. Uh huh. That shit was a good movie. I like the way that they did that movie. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? And when I when I watched it, I'm like, yo, this is fucking brilliant. You know what I'm saying? Like right. the, the way they shot it, the way that they crafted the storyline, it was a little um cartoony as, you know what I'm saying, as far as as texture and shit. It was, you know, sappy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, weird, funny, weird, but I I was like, man, they they did a fucking great job with this motherfucker film. Mm. And I never watched that shit again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. I don't think I've ever seen it. I've seen it in the menu. I've seen it available. I always like the name. The name sound like one of those, sound like mm-hmm. one of them good movies. It sound like, you know, you're going to get enriched or you'll come away, a cinephile and all of that shit. But I don't know. <laughs> you know, certain movies feel like you're going to come out there with a, a greater understanding for the art of movie making. Right. But yeah, I never, I never, no. I don't think I've ever watched it. They, they did a good job, man. I, I fucked with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it ain't sure. nothing something that I revisit. It's like, it's like nothing in it that's, you know what I'm saying, has a touch point in your life. You know what I'm saying? It's just like a voyeuristic view mm. into some weird shit. You know what I mean? That, that was interestingly laid out. Got and it. So, you know what I'm saying? It, it's it's kind of like that. So, it was no, really no need to go back to it. But, you know, it, it was cool. Um, shit. I, I like the... And then French movies are easy to watch because the, the sound of the language... It's so rhythmic that it, it it's not off-putting even if you're just reading the subtitles and shit. It's just like, oh, that sounds cool as shit. They make everything sound like it's something bigger than what it is and shit. Right, right. And they really just say, hey, you want some motherfucking coffee? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, shit. That sounds smooth. smooth as fuck. Uh-huh. Look at that <laughs> shit. Look at that. She just said, I got to go take a shit. You was mm-hmm. like, well, I would have never known that. Speaking of that, I just found out today that there's a difference between American Sign Language and Black American Sign Language. I just found <laughs> ah! that. Look at that. You know, I never knew that. Yeah. I didn't know, it was th- I didn't know Black American Sign Language was a thing. I didn't either, not till today. And one of the things which kind of makes sense, I guess, on a certain level, uh, one of the main differences is American Sign Language typically just uses one hand. Black mm-hmm. American Sign Language uses two hands. You know nah, what I mean? So it's like, shit. yeah, we, we get expressive. Complex. Right, right. We get expressive. That's but, uh, but but black, uh, black people, and, and we do sign language when we talking. You know what I'm saying? Of course. And, and I didn't realize how much until I was in Rome and I was trying to have a conversation with somebody who didn't speak no English or very, mm-hmm. very little English. And I damn sure didn't speak no, no Italian. Right. But between the little broken English that they had and motherfucker sign language and figuring that shit out, after about an hour and a half, shit, we was rolling. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh shit, this sign language shit is working because they be doing sign language too, and they mm-hmm. regular talk. They be talking with their hands and shit, and it, you know, we don't pay no attention to it, but it actually be guiding you along to of what you're saying. Right. 
What's some just, black? Well, give you an example. Give me an example of some black sign language that you can man, remember from. I don't know. I don't remember shit from that conversation. But just, you know, we do sign language for everything. Just go ahead. What's one? That, give me an example. What are them? Like, like in Miami, like it's hard to explain sign language when you can't see it. Say, right, say, right. In, say in Miami, like you about to dip. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Anybody uh-huh. that's listening to this show from Miami, if I say uh-huh. I'm about to dip, you already see the hand motion that goes with I'm about to dip. You know what I'm saying? It's uh-huh. two fingers. You put them uh-huh. up, right? You know what I'm saying? Just above your ear. And you uh-huh. shaking them bitches back and forth. Like, shit, I'm about to dip. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? I see that. It just coincide. Like, even if you didn't say the words and they can't hear you, you do that, they know you out. Okay, yeah. you about to dip. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So, like, it's plenty. I mean, it's a plethora of those kind of shits in black American culture in general. Because right. that's how we do. We talk. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just how we be like, man, shut the fuck up. Like, you, you putting the shit across your neck. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. shit, yeah, right. nigga, chill out, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Or the, or the like, the little, the little short chop that you might say, man, I deaded that shit. Like, this mm-hmm. shit is dead. Fuck out of here. Like, it's just yep. over. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Little shit. Yeah. Just like just like poking somebody in the forehead. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Well, that, that, that's, now we. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's a little further along. No, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just <laughs> saying. Assault. It's varying degrees. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know right, what I'm right, saying? Right. Just, just dismissing somebody. Just like the whole, like, you know what I'm right. saying? Like you say, get the fuck out of here. That's, that, we got shit, man. Because no. I think. I think on the plantation, this is just my own, you know, Ali's anthropology and shit. Um, probably we couldn't, like, you had overseers and shit and people around, you know what I'm saying, trying to listen to what you talk about in the slave days. I'm sure they just had a system of just working communications with no motherfucking words. Just like, mm-hmm. just like how you just said, mm-hmm. It's a hundred words for mm, mm-hmm, You know what I'm saying? Right. Just that, right. just the mm sound got... A hundred words. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, that go old mister. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. Oh, uh, you know what I'm saying? Oh, there she go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's like just that one sound has all kind of words. That's where, that's where the whole black versus American, which is funny, black American versus uh, regular American, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where that whole, that's where it started. That's because, you know, in the segregation of slavery, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? White people doing their thing and black people speaking amongst each other. That's mm-hmm. why there's two different strains. Right. Um, Making yeah. our own way. Shit. Not down. Yeah. Speaking of slavery, have you seen any of the Underground Railroad on Amazon Prime? I have not. I ain't uh, never heard. Oh, I don't think I heard of it. For real, for real. That shit is, that shit is good. It's funny, man. Shout out to my man, Relly. I was, um, I was recommending it to him. He was like, shit, nigga, the weather broke. I ain't trying to fuck with no slave shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the realest shit ever. Cause oh, I was like, shit. damn, you are dead ass. Cause it's I done watched them and now I'm watching the Underground Railroad. Uh, it's a lot of <laughs> lot of trauma. You're on the trauma train. I'm shit. on the trauma train. I guess it is what it is. I'm watching it because I'm a big obvious it's Barry Jenkins and Colson Whitehead. I'm a oh, fan yeah, of both yeah, of them. Yeah, I did hear about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's it's good so far. I'm probably like four episodes and maybe five. Mm-hmm. And um it's brutal. It's harsh. You know, it's there's definitely harsh. Uh it shows, 
you know, like, and I, the conceit of the, like, the premise of it is, like, there's an actual train that's transporting, you know, black slaves to, like, different points in time, I guess. I didn't get mm. to the point where it gets, oh, so but it's just, is, like, yeah, it gets, a, it's sci-fi. Like, he won a Pulitzer, or a Peabody for the book. He's a hell of a writer. He wrote a book called Sag Harbor a while ago that was really dope, Colson Whitehead. Mm-hmm. But this, like, Oprah was a big fan of this book. She made it one of her picks or whatever. And then, you know, obviously, Barry Jenkins coming off of the Oscar and Bill Street mm-hmm. and all that. So them two coming together is pretty ill. But, uh, you know, it just shows, like, it's a lot of things. One, it shows that change was slow. Like, mm-hmm. it was various degrees, like, but it's still hard out here for some black folks even even 40 years later or whatever and i'm you know obviously i'm still in the middle of it so i don't know exactly i didn't read the book so i don't know exactly what to expect but mm-hmm. uh what also just um on some like anthropological shit what you realize or one of the things that you you know obviously from the safety of my own apartment sitting on the couch watching it on netflix mm-hmm. uh you know, um, I'm 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 hollering. I'm hitting up. Uh, I was hollering at uh, Chris Lambert, who was texting, and I was like, "There's a one scene in there where some shit go down, and it made me. You know, you realize like how strong, how like just how profoundly broken these slave spirits were." You know what I'm saying? Like how deliberate and how, you know, like how profound, how profoundly broken they were. Because there would be things, there would be some brutality that would go down, you know, on a slave, whether they're being whipped, whether they, you know, whether it's going even worse than that. I don't want to spoil nothing, but whether it goes mm-hmm. even worse than that. And, you know, they would have all of the slaves gather to watch. You know what I mean? Just kind of let this be a lesson to y'all type shit. And it was like, yo, they really had to be broken because when you look at it, you like it's they these slaves way outnumber these white people. I mean, like, okay, so the white people might have guns and shit like that, but you got strong motherfuckers out here that's been toiling in the fields all day. Like you just using these people as, you know, tools, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, breeding them like cattle and shit like that. So it's like you know, you want some of the strongest of the strong, and it's just like if they mobilized and unified and just said, you know what, fuck this, we're going to revolt, we're going to take this whole shit over, it could happen. And it's like, it's just wild to see, like, the ramifications of it all because it's like even still today, obviously we are free and it's different, you know, way different. Mm -hmm. But there's often that refrain is like, you know, if we just mobilized... Mm-hmm. We could probably be so much further along, but a lot of that is remnant of, you know, just the 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 fucking what happened and the brutality of slavery on physical level mm. and the mental level. Like it's, it's the spirit, yeah. Brutality right. of colonialism in general. Like when they came yeah. with the gunpowder, dog. I mean, you had whole armies and tribes who've been fighting wars for thousands of years or whatever the fuck. And motherfucker come and and they shoot some shit and make a motherfucker head turn inside out. That fucks with the motherfucking crew. You know what I'm saying? It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Who's gonna run over there and get their shit split open first? Right. You know what I'm right. saying? Like that gun yeah. shit was dramatic. After you right. been fighting hand to hand and spears and bows and arrows and shit, and motherfuckers just roll up. Bow! Right. Nigga. <laughs> like yeah, nah, it's true. It's absolutely true. Because you can see it even on a hand-to-hand level. You ever see somebody go try to jump somebody, and then one of the people that's in the in the jumping side of things gets dropped. Mm-hmm. The other, the others, they kind of like they lose a lot of their momentum. Oftentimes, yeah. they're like, "Oh, this motherfucker got hands." But Let's not, not imagine. Rethink this. Yeah, <laughs> not, not imagine. You know what I'm saying? Y'all scrapping this shit, and motherfucker yeah. pull out a gun. That shit yep. is over. Nigga is right. scattering. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's over, yeah. though. It's one nigga with a gun. It's five of right. y'all. Right. Nigga don't want to be that one. Nigga <laughs> don't want to be the martyr. <laughs> Nobody right. want to be the one. He can only shoot one of us. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know. Yeah, now, the nigga exactly. got 20 bullets, nigga. I don't right. know none of shit. <laughs> he, shoot, he can shoot a few of us. <laughs> Let's yeah, get the nah. fuck out of here. It's over. Oh, man. <laughs> Let that man be on his way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, yeah, that's nah, crazy. It's crazy, but it's it's a good show so far. It's definitely heavy. I was watching that shit. I seen um, I watched Run the World, <clears throat> the new show on Stars. Mm-hmm. You see that? Mm-mm. Um, Run the World. Sh- what's that about? It's like uh, I don't want to be reductive and say it's like a black Sex of the City because I think it's reductive. But then they like. One of the writer, the writer character on there said, "He's my big." So it kind of made it blatantly like you know, it's mm. there's at least some inspiration there. But basically, it's about four women growing up in Harlem, or not growing up in Harlem, but thriving in Harlem, living there professionally, and whatever. One is like a, a graduate student who's sleeping with her professor. Then there's one that she's going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. There's one that's a writer. Then there's one that is, I don't know if they show what everybody's doing, but like she's getting married. Uh, but I don't know if they showed everybody's occupation. This is just a pilot. Mm-hmm. And it's it's set in Harlem. So, you know, it's cool. First five seconds of it, you see Bev. They, mm-hmm. at, they, they open up. They had uh, Red Rooster at Jenny's. Mm-hmm. You see Marcus Samuelson pass Bev a cocktail. She just mm-hmm. going through like you know it was like the that it was like, like the, real life. Yeah, it was like the stamp of authenticity. Like bink. So that was cool. It was good. It was good to see just you know some black women. You know some black woman hedonism. You know what I mean? Just living life, going all out. Cause you know it, it it's real, but you don't often see it on TV. Like if you you know mm-hmm. if you grow up around black women, you know they get it in just like everybody else mm-hmm. and. If it's if it's illustrated correctly, it's familiar. You're like, okay. Right. And then it's cool to see Harlem on some destination shit. Not that it wasn't, but just to see it on TV. You know, like I look at those shows kind of like almost like a, you know, obviously it's a it's a show, but it's also like like a magazine show too. Like when you look at Insecure, Insecure, mm. like. Inglewood or LA is just as much of a character as Issa. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, you know, so it's been a while since you've seen New York and then black New York, you know what I'm saying? Or Harlem current mm-hmm. day reflected on television. So it's kind of cool. Cause I'm curious to see what they're going to show, you know, what spots they're going to sh- highlight and whatever, whatever 
or you know what other cameos will be made and things like that. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's cool, man. Brisha Webb's in it. I think Brisha Webb is 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 dope. She's super funny. So I'm all you know. I always fuck with her. Amber, I want to say Amber Steve. I forget Amber's full name, but she was on the Carmichael show. She's one of the main characters, so that was cool. But you know, it's a it's a new show on Star, so it's like the first pilot. So okay, you know, so we'll yeah, see where a, it goes. You know, what I'm saying appointment TV. It's appointment. It's definitely gonna be appointment TV. Definitely. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's definitely, especially right, with right. black women. You know what I mean? Okay. No, but, I'm just uh, saying it ain't nothing bingeable right now. It's, it's nah, nah. Like I think it's like a it's a week. Yeah, it's a week to week. You know, stars stars gonna stretch it. Um, but. Speaking of TV, I then you know we done smoothed all the way back, putting this shit off for weeks. Have you been watching uh, Godfather of Harlem? How you feeling about it? Let's do a quick, you know, little something, something. I have, I have. I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure if I missed one or not, but I'm. I thought I was caught up. I'm, uh-huh. I'm pretty. I'm. I'm pretty caught up. You know what I'm saying? What you thinking? What you thinking of the season? Uh, I mean, uh huh. Listen, man. I'm not mad at it. <laughs> I'm not mad at the season. I'm not mad at what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? I enjoy yeah. I enjoy the show when I'm watching it. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Um, it's one, one thing that I have, my beef I have against gangster shows, gangster movies when it's dealing with black people. The gangster has very little dimensions. You know what I'm saying? So... This guy was running Harlem, the Harlem drug trade for for years or whatever. He was doing his thing in a big major way, going against the mob, you know what I'm saying, all this shit. And for him to have done all of these things, he has very little dimensions in this show. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's just one, he's, you know, you know he wants to build this coalition of, of black distribution. And, you know, he's fighting with the Italians to make that so. He, he has this one nemesis in the Italian mafia that they've been going at each other since season one. You know what I'm saying? Back and forth, they became partners. Now they partners, whatever the fuck. You know what I'm saying? But even in the end, he's still back to square one because they done crossed him back to get in your place, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure was his part of his struggle. You know what I mean? And I'm not mad at it. It's just like one thing that I wish they would do with, you know what I'm saying, the black male characters in these types of roles is give the brother some dimensions. You know what I'm saying? Like even, even as much as we love snowfall and shit, Franklin ain't got no friends. You know what I'm saying? Like none, like no real trusted advisor besides his uncle. But you know what I'm saying? He don't really talk to his uncle like that. He talked to Louie, but not as a, a friend. You know what I'm saying? Everybody either worked for him. Really? Everybody really worked for him at this point. And right. nigga had no outlet, no outlet of, like, we don't even see Franklin party. The nigga don't drink. He don't do nothing. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, who is this nigga besides what he do? And, you know, it just seems to me that most of the gangsters I ever knew, they had more dimensions. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? They had niggas who they hung out with because they, they, you know that he fucked with that nigga. Even though if they don't work together, they're like, oh, that's his man's and them. You know what I'm saying? Like, them niggas cool. They've been cool since way back. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, it's like with American Gangster and Godfather Harlem, it's like these guys have no peers, period. They got people who work for them, and that's it. Malcolm X is the closest thing he got to a peer 
And, you know, that's that's cool. It's just like, you know what I'm saying? I just, I don't know how they would put more dimensions. It just seems like it's just all he do in season one and season two is go back and forth with the Italians and mm-hmm. go back and forth with the Italians. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, ain't even yeah. no side politics going on. You know what I mean? You got Malcolm X storyline. You got his wife's storyline. But they all, like, in one straight line. They're very linear. Um, right. <clears throat> so I just wish it had a little more depth to it. But I enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? It's cool. It it The with the way that they do the look and the feel of the show throws it back to another time of, uh, of movies. You know what I'm saying? Um, almost like the almost not Neor without the black and white, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Type of vibe. So <clears throat> I enjoy it for what it is. I enjoy that, you know, you got Swiss Beats getting his thing off in different kinds of ways and my man from Money and Violence getting his thing off. Um, and I like it enough to watch it. Right. I hear that. I, You know, I agree with a lot of what you said, you know, I see it like it feels like to me like a formal black exploitation flick mm-hmm. in the way that I agree with your point on it. it feels a little flat it could be a little bit more robust it could be a little bit more color it could be just more you know some shades to just mm-hmm. what's going on what we have to contend with because what I notice about it is it's like Besides maybe Malcolm, and the thing about Malcolm is, I mean, every it's all historical, but the thing about Malcolm is we're mostly very familiar with the what's going to happen with Malcolm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Bumpy Johnson is, I'm not as up on Bumpy Johnson. It makes me actually want to read more about his, his mm-hmm. actual story so I can find out more about it. But it just feels like there's no real stakes episode to episode. Right. Like, Bumpy gonna win in the end somehow. Like, there's a little bit of conflict, but at the end of it all, he gonna come around, he gonna have to pull the switchblade on the guy's neck. Uh, he, he Things are gonna go his way. Oh, he is. <laughs> that man is super. That switchblade move like an assault rifle. Like, he fast right. with that. So, <laughs> he make you wanna get a switchblade in 2021. Hey. Like, like, that shit look new. That, like, that shit, look, like, yeah. back in the day, nigga, you, niggas had their weapon of choice. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. That, nigga, that, nigga, that nigga good with a switchblade, boy. You right. gotta watch him. You know right, saying? right, right, exactly. Like he is, he's saying, "Yeah, you can, you can have that. I'm gonna use this word." It's like that shit, like new technology in his hands. But <laughs> it's never nothing. It don't even really, it shit don't even really last over a two episode span. Mm-hmm. It seems, you know what I'm saying. Like everything kind of gets dealt with. It's very cut and dry, mm-hmm. and then we yeah, reset. They moving through. They moving yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, and it's like. You know, the performances are cool, mm-hmm. but I wish, because they got great performance. You got Forrest Whitaker. You got mm-hmm. Chaz Palminteri. You got my man, oh, man, um, what's my man's name? Plays Adam Clayton Powell. I'm forgetting his name in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Giovanni, uh, I, no, that's not his name. Um, I forget his name, but he's playing. You know, you got great mm-hmm. actors, but they ain't like... You're not getting, you're not seeing them. They just, it's like a, almost like a play, kind of like, all right. It's almost like a play. Yep. Yeah, so it's a little, it's a, it could be a little bit more 
you know, a little bit more. And obviously, I'm happy to watch it. Mm -hmm. I don't miss it. You know what I'm saying? It's something I'm a, it's, it's a point. Every Sunday, I'm going I'm to turn it on at some point in the day and, and check it out. But uh, mm -hmm. I think they could push it a little bit more. Maybe if yeah, they, yeah. they get picked up again. There's a lot yeah. of room to push. One thing that's missing in a lot of these shows mm -hmm. is that, like, you're supposed to understand how fearsome Bumpy Johnson is. You know what I'm saying? You're supposed to right. understand his reputation. And I don't right. think we actually feel that within the show. You know what I'm saying? We got him being calculated and, you know, smart and, you know what I'm saying? How, you know, he got to, you know, kind of work with his wife, you know what I mean? In, right. in, in certain ways, like a normal human being has to do. Um, he has a daughter who's going through her thing. But... We don't understand the gravity of who he is for real, for real. You know what I'm saying? We don't understand how the world perceives him. We just see him mm. kind of in his own silo doing what he mm. does with the people that he do, the four or five people that he do it with. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. like when you at that level of a hustler in a, in a city like Harlem, your name mm. ringing bells. You know what I'm saying? And right. that is causing... A reaction in the streets. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that go bumpy, bumpy in them. Like if motherfuckers put in them after your name, like mm -hmm. it's a motherfucking situation. You know what I'm saying? Shit. You're a corporation. Yeah. 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 Bumpy and them came through. Oh, word? You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. It's a whole fucking culture of just talking about the nigga that's doing it that you don't get to see in shows like these. You know what I'm saying? The closest we got to that for real. And my recollection at this point off the freestyle tip is, uh -huh. is uh, Omar in the wire. Oh, there go Omar. Oh, shit. You got right. to see how the world perceived Omar. And his Omar character, coming. Yeah. yeah, Omar Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like his character was based off the way the world perceived him. You know what I mean? Right. And you don't really get that. Like, with, with some of the main characters, you never heard nobody talking about Stringer. You never heard nobody, and you know what I'm saying? Outside of the the main people, like the streets ain't, seem like the streets ain't talking about these people because you don't never see the streets. Right, So right. This, is, this is just, not saying that every show got to have it, not saying that Godfather Harlem has a habit, but this nigga got clubs, he in Harlem. There's a very, it's a Harlem Renaissance going on around this bitch. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Not, so to speak. And we not getting much of that in right. these first two seasons. Right. And it could even be done, even if it ain't even dialogue, it could even be panning the camera around mm -hmm. the room when Bumpy walk up in the spot. When he go up in the right. Geechee, like right. people like, oh shit, like motherfucker put his drink down for a second. Like, uh, oh shit. You know what I mean? Uh oh man. shit got shit getting real. <laughs> fucking Bumpy came in the spot. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. <laughs> it's like one ice tea records is like uh Chicks grab for they nigga when D hit the set. Cause what Donald D <laughs> want, Donald D get. <laughs> like it's a reaction when a nigga walking. Like that song right there, if you go back and listen to Ice T's Soul on Ice, it's a poem. Mm -hmm. That nigga describes exactly what I'm talking about should happen in these kind of shows. He Check describes the street scene so perfectly in one night, you know what I'm saying? He's like, you know what I'm saying? My man, he's like, he, nigga pulled up in his brand new whatever, and he parked it on the grass. Hot signing was his specialty, and he did it with class. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's the type of visuals you used to seeing outside. Right. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? Niggas showing out. And a lot of times in these shows, you don't see none of that. Like I said that with Snowfall. Like you don't, you don't see as big time as Franklin is, we never seen him do what we know as big time shit in the world. Right. You know what I'm saying? We just watching his work. We watching his workflow. We go to the job. We at the office. Yeah. Yeah. You just watching the, you know, you just watch. Yes. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, uh, the actor that plays uh, Adam Clayton Powell, Giancarlo Esposito. That's what I was mm-hmm. thinking of. A man from Breaking man, Bad and everything. From, from school know. days. Bugging Al. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, just off the real quick, just a quick aside. Do you think... I get love and all of that, but just this what she was quoting this shit. Do you think Ice T is underrated? I think Ice T is very underrated. Yeah. But to as a, the culture definitely as a rapper. Go ahead. Right. Go ahead. To the culture's uh, credit, you know, he didn't put out a lot of albums and shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. He put out records and then he did the body count shit, you know what I mean? But his era of gangster rap was first generation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it wasn't, it inspired NWA, but then it wasn't mm-hmm. NWA. And then, you know what I mean? Then he started doing TV. Like he started off, even before he was rapping like a gangster, he was in movies and shit like that with, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it was hard to kind of put it on him because you had all these new. Um, gangster rappers coming out flooding the space. So mm-hmm. by the time you got NWA and then you got you know the whole West Coast movement and all that, you know, Ice T was just the OG of all that shit. And right. the way that he Ice T appealed to a more sophisticated type of gangster, you know what I'm saying, as he grew. Like he was a Lamborghini driving, you know what I'm saying, mansion living in. Nigga had the house with the retractable roof. Mm-hmm. He wasn't talking to the average ordinary <laughs> drug Trap dealing niggas. gangster. Yeah. <laughs> you know what right. I'm he yeah. was over niggas' heads a lot of times. Like, right, right. I actually bought Ice uh, Ice T album from Father's Day for my dad, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm like that was his favorite rapper, nigga. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> you know what funny. Yeah. Like he he appealed to the generation before right. rap. Almost, right. you know what right. I'm saying? Right. Like, That's he, fun. He 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 did it like an old school gangster would do it in his visuals and shit. And a play, but yeah, yeah, he he was like a you know like a player husband. He was real light skinned with the ponytail. Like he right. was a different. Right. Like he didn't fit in with what we was doing, but mm. like, but we weren't from LA either. Right. But definitely in them first couple of albums. He 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 made a he put a major stamp on defining a high roller, even in his words. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Like the Jay-Z before Jay-Z. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like Jay-Z took that position and I'm way above this shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's how Ice T was, but right. from an earlier era. He took what what Schooly D did and then yeah. put it to the West Coast. And ran from there. Right. 
Yeah, he definitely had an attitude. Like, he was above it all. Out my face, fool. I'm the illest. <laughs> right. <laughs> nah. It wasn't the coolest flow ever. Nah. You know what I'm saying? His cadence wasn't the coolest. Nah. But them first it couple records, man. That though. nigga, yeah. he, was saying, he was saying things and painting pictures that other right. rappers weren't painting. Yeah. Yeah, nah, I'm going to go back because I used to love New Jack Hustler. That was my shit. That was my right. record. And right. um, he, you know, for him to have the career that he had, even with like, you know, even with like Cop Killer with Body Count, not mm -hmm. that I was a fan, but I remember like he is, if he don't get enough credit as a rapper and maybe the only person that is comparable is in the way that is Will Smith in the way mm -hmm. that and I think Will Smith his rap career is a little bit obviously it's got bigger hits and it's a lot more documented and he did he got more material out there but mm -hmm. like Ice-T for somebody that started as a rapper and has a footprint as a rapper that may not be as uh, appreciated or as heralded as it should or could be he mm -hmm. stayed relevant as fuck the whole way through. Like, mm -hmm. he ain't never not been relevant. He's always been in the mix. Like, you ain't never going to be like, who the fuck is that guy? Like, that's right, Ice-T. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, that's what that's... He, yeah. he stayed consistent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. His he, persona. Yeah. yeah, his persona is consistent. You know what I'm saying? He going to come do his player thing. He going to have his woman there. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? You didn't even consider Ice T having a harem of women. You know what I'm saying? It's just him right. and his lady, whoever right. it is at the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and and he he kept it consistent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Type of nigga got a motherfucking revolver in his sock. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, nigga, oh, wow! shit. oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> shit don't never jam. Exactly. No, no. He was, uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh shit! That shit is hilarious. <laughs> Fucking iced tea. But I would put yeah. Soul on Ice as like if I had to create a Smithsonian for hip hop. Uh huh. I would definitely have Soul on Ice in that motherfucker for its graphic description of a night in the crack era. Damn, I'm gonna go listen to that. Yeah. I've ever heard Soul on Ice. Yeah, it's on the album. power. It's on the power album. Okay. Oh, oh, so it's a record. It's a song. Mm -hmm. Okay, I thought it was. Mm -hmm. I thought it was the name of an album. Nah, okay, it's on the power. It's a record. song okay. on the power record. Okay. Soul on Ice. Got it. Got it. Got it. That's it's what's a poem. Up. It ain't. He ain't even rapping. He just. It's a. Right. He talking. Right. And that's, I'm gonna that's check that out. To me, Six in the Morning was the most impactful record. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Then you know, of course, Colors and and New Jack mm -hmm. Hustler. Mm -hmm. uh, but as far as art and like if, if I was saying as far as literature is concerned you know what right. I'm saying I think that is my favorite Ice-T works got it you know, um, I would even go to say you know since I'm out here I might not be here tomorrow I would like to reinterpret that in film that one night mm. That's what's up. Put it out there. Let that shit manifest that shit, King. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Put that shit out there, man. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, shit, I saw I saw a meme that say, "You ain't gotta manifest everything. Sometimes you just can pay cash." <laughs> I thought that shit was silly as fuck. Anyway, man, really I think it's about fuck. that time to transform and roll out. You got anything else you want to say to the people or nah, what? Nah, man, I'm good. Man. I'm glad y'all was here. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. There you go. Shit. As always, tell a friend to tell a friend, and even an enemy, to get in the conversation. We out.